0: Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Oh, nothing. A little, little <laughs> harder to, to get the energy up for this week.
0: Yeah, we're going to get it up. It's homecoming, man. I'm, I, you know, we'll, we'll Yeah, I
1: mean, looking forward. Absolutely. I guess that's the way. Just turn the page. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is, we have good things and bad things. Obviously, disappointed on Saturday. Time to pull the bandit off and get into it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that was a tough one to rewatch a little bit, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, but, um, it was. Yeah. I just I just yeah. finished watching the fourth quarter and so
0: Right. But also a reminder of like I don't know, how much we care about these things and like how cool it is to even be in this position. So, we'll, we'll get there too. Uh but welcome back everybody. We're glad to have you. We're going to break down the loss to Georgia Southern, which is Painful, but we'll get it over with and move on because it's homecoming. And Jamie's five and one, and Marshall's coming to town, and that's awesome. <laughs> like, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime, mention the podcast, get a free Mossy Creek sticker. A lot of good times coming up. A lot of people are going to be back in town for homecoming. Uh, good weather this weekend, so you don't need cold weather gear. But a great time to think about your whatever you need for fall and winter, maybe some Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, uh, whatever you do. Time to start thinking in advance. Uh, we were just talking before we got on that uh, Veterans Day falls on a Friday this year, so quite a few people have a long weekend that weekend at the ODU weekend. we will be down in uh, you know, fishing country, so make sure you get on it. Stop by the guys at the shop and um, get whatever you need and mention the podcast. Rob, before we get to football, can we just do quickly, I, I did, we reached out to some people. I want to talk about some old, old guys leave JMU roundup stuff here. Oh, cool. um, is that okay? Yeah, man, go for it. Yeah. I just, I, I, I was really, JMU had a big win, 2-0 win over Wake Forest in field hockey this weekend. Oh, Forest on, senior was day, right? on senior day, 12th On senior day. And I was like, wow, that seems early for senior day. And it is. Um, and I was confused. I knew that JMU has been ranked. They are currently ranked 20th. Um. And I, was, I had forgotten, like, what's the story with the tournament? And so we actually reached out a little bit internally and got a little information. And then I did all the, like, whatever NCAA field hockey research I was capable of today uh, <laughs> to figure out. The Dukes are 8-5. and five. They are 4-4 four and four against ranked teams, if that gives you a night. They played eight of their 13 games have been ranked, like ranked teams. Yeah. yeah. So this independent schedule that we said was no joke has truly been no joke. Yeah. like is as tough as you can play in the nation um the field hockey tournament has a, is a 20 team field uh and there are 10 automatic bids so there are 10 at larges. obviously there are big conferences in field hockey like there are in other things who tend to scoop up many of the at-large selections particularly like the big 10 um and the acc seem to be in that group uh I just wanted to mention that was a great win for JMU over the weekend. We heard internally JMU needs to keep playing well. Um, They have the wildest road trip we have ever heard of in JMU athletics history coming up this weekend. So while the rest of JMU, the JMU world, will be celebrating homecoming in Harrisonburg, the field hockey Dukes will be traveling to the Bay Area this weekend to play a three-game road trip Against Stanford at Stanford Thursday at UC Davis Friday and at Cal on Sunday. Wow! Uh, needless to say, this is an enormous opportunity um, against those two Pac-12 teams uh, for JMU. And then they come home and a week later, the last game of the season is um, at Rutgers, a Big Ten team. So big, big opportunities on the schedule for this team. Uh, I would think. I don't know. Just reading between the lines, they need to win three, if not four, of these but they are very much capable. None of those teams are currently ranked. I do not believe. So they are, but all would be quality wins. Yeah. Uh, so really fun opportunity and credit to, I didn't realize this, but coach Morgan and the stat, you know, Jeff Bourne and everybody um, cool road trip for this team to go out like really fun. Yeah. Pa- that's package. Yeah. And a real cool, cool opportunity. opportunity for those kids. Yeah. So, uh, best of luck to field hockey. We are all following along. Congrats to men's soccer. Got their first Sunbelt win, 3 0 over Georgia Southern. So someone beat Georgia Southern. Uh, there are nine teams in Sunbelt men's soccer. It appears eight of them make the tournament. So, Jamie will, if nothing else, probably make the tournament. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, they've
1: been doing better lately. You know, got off a kind of a yeah. rough start, but they've been pretty good the last three or four games. Mm hmm.
0: Uh, women's soccer has already clinched a berth in the Sunbelt tournament. Um, I had not realized and really started looking into it. All 14 Sunbelt members play women's soccer. Only 10 of the 14 make the tournament. It's a weird tiered tournament where like seven, eight, nine, and 10 play each other in kind of a pillow like fight a Friday. Yeah. Play in old school. We, we were all familiar with that. Um, three through six get one bye, and the top two seeds get and two double buys. buys. Yeah. Double bye. Uh, that tournament, I think the seven ten games are like home sites on Halloween, the, and then following a couple days later for the the following week after Halloween, um, will be the rest of the sort of the main part of the tournament um, that the final eight. Uh, but JMU tied for or in first place in the East. Um, it's split up in divisions like football is. Uh, certainly in good shape. And uh, just, we know already that with their draw with Marshall over the weekend, they have already clinched a spot in the tournament. So good for them. And we have high hopes for them. Uh, volleyball 13-4 and four overall, 7-1 and one in the Sun Belt. Huge matches coming up this week, Thursday and Friday at home in Godwin, 6 p.m. both nights against Coastal Carolina. Uh, really big opportunity for them. Also uh, a first place team, And I think they have kind of the same, it looks like everybody who plays volleyball makes the tournament. But JMU obviously a position to be in good shape in that tournament. And then finally, tomorrow, today, for most of you listening to this, is Sunbelt Media Day. Tuesday will be Sunbelt Media for basketball. Uh, The polls came out tonight in terms of like the coaches voting. And it was notable to me, the notable things to me, Rob, were that uh, Jamie was picked fourth on the men's side yeah. with Vato Morris making the first team, first team, yeah. first team all preseason, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, was picked first that I don't think was a huge surprise on the women's side. The women were picked sixth, which seemed a little low to me, uh, with Troy being the first place team, but what do I know? Uh, the, the cool thing on the men's side, at least Rob is, I don't know if you saw some of the like bigger ranking systems for basketball are out. And in the like ESPN metric, the S&P, the Dukes are picked second. And in Ken
1: Palm, the Dukes are first. Yeah, I saw the Ken Palm one.
0: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we, we've been sort of quietly talking about this for a while. We're, we're extremely high on the outlook for both the Hoops teams. But that's pretty fun to see that you know, just kind of confirmed in the numbers as they make the transition. And uh, look, really looking forward to basketball season. Uh, so cool stuff all the way around.
1: Uh, and yeah, that's it. Wait, I, I got to yep. tell you before before we yep. get going on football, I got to tell you. Perhaps our youngest podcast listener, our my niece Molly. Uh uh-huh. um, She is doing soccer this year through ODU, uh, through their women's soccer program. They run some sort uh-huh. of like youth development league, and she went to the first practice. And her coaches are all ODU women's players. And she introduced herself and proudly stated that she was a JMU fan right up front just first thing out of her mouth told all the coaches in their odu gear no don't worry about me i don't like your team i'm a jmu fan so i'm
0: so proud molly. shout out to molly yes yeah. that's awesome
1: yeah
0: <laughs> fantastic. Bright future so, for that girl
1: yes and hopefully we will see one or both of
0: molly's parents this weekend yeah um yeah it should be really fun so rob before we even get to four downs um, overall, I had some questions for you. Yeah. Fire away. So it, the JMU was five and one. It, I think you and I, I went back and thought about, wrote, looked at our notes from the preseason sort of breakdown. I think I had thought they would be four and two at this point. And interestingly enough, I, I think that was at the time thinking, I think we actually talked about, they they might lose to app. And then we were really nervous. They'd lose a game in this three game stretch. Yeah against bad teams. Mm-hmm. But the way the stretch set up was Texas state at Arkansas state at Georgia Southern. And we talked about like these three teams are probably teams that all three might finish behind JMU in the overall standings. But three is like this conference is different.
1: Can you go week to week? Can you really Can
0: know? you go week to week? Yeah. And I think we were kind of nervous to say like, Oh, we're really confident in a three and O stretch, even though maybe game to game, we would have liked JMU's chances. That's my way of saying like, I don't know that I should be like, you know, they're five and one. If you told me five and one before the season, I would have been thrilled.
1: You'd take it. Everybody and would take it.
0: Yeah. The hard part of this is that if you told me five and one before the season, I would assume the one was app. Yeah. And so I would assume that I'd arrived at this point in week eight or whatever we're in.
1: On a winning streak. Yeah. On a
0: winning streak, but also kind of like unsure of still mm-hmm. what this team was. Like what is the ceiling? What is the floor kind of thing? Yeah. And now I think having won an app, it raised all our expectations, got to the top 25. Having been so dominant against Texas State, against Arkansas State, it got us to the point where five and one feels like a disappointment. While it is a disappointment from Saturday, I don't know. Welcome to FBS. Yeah. in like, the
1: big picture, it's, it's not a catastrophe. No. And I think part of this is everybody was so excited that you know Jamie had made this transition was getting top tw- was in the top 25 was getting mentions on game day every week and it was just a ton of excitement but it was coupled with the fact that they really had nothing to play for mm-hmm. other than an undefeated season so i think everybody i don't know certainly i think Speaking yeah. for myself, yes, I got ahead of myself. That became the thing. Like, you already mm-hmm. started. Oh, what's going to happen if we go undefeated? Then what will the Sun Belt do? And right. that's getting way ahead of ourselves. So I think it's, it's bad from that standpoint because it kind of ripped the band aid off that dream. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, man. I mean, you and I thought four or five wins of the season, you could shape that as a successful transition. Um,
0: yeah. And I definitely, six is what I was my like real hope. Yeah. Was keep the streak alive of like always being above
1: 500, but you wouldn't have been devastated at five if, if wins, they, No, at, at no. F- four or four five, if they were four, yeah. would have been disappointing, but it yes. wouldn't have been devastating. Five, no. I mean, and I think going in, going down the stretch, run Jamie, you can win oh, every wow, game. I'm at zone. the
0: point where I'm like eight or like eight will be disappointing, but not devastating. Nine is my hope, right? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, but at the same I, time, like it, yes, it's not inconceivable that this could be the beginning of a slump. I don't think it is, no. but JMU could easily lose all these games remaining. It's just that sort of schedule um, yeah. and that sort of league. I do like their chances. I do think eight or nine wins is, I don't want to say reasonable or unreasonable. I mean, sports, it's its all, right. it's just, it's for fun. But um, you're not talking crazy if you, if you still have your mindset on nine wins right. or 10 wins even. Um, right. We'll see. So it's certainly not, devastating in the moment it was hard to take i was kind of over it yesterday like yeah whatever this is this is the new normal um it's not like the ca where any loss is a bad loss mm-hmm. and I, I don't know i got a little more upset today rewatching because it's like man they <laughs> kind of gave it away and props to georgia southern i don't want to be yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. Yeah, i don't yeah. want to be those fans coming in like oh we did more to lose this that is not true no nope. georgia southern, 590
0: yards of offense yeah like, You know, they did plenty, yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: Jamie did a lot too, but it's not like they just snuck in with, you know, some trick plays or anything. They marched up and down the field and did what they do, which is score points and just hope they (laughs) hope they can get one more in than you can, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's it's not the end of the world. I'm disappointed. It was a learning experience for me as a fan of FBS too, Rob of, you know, last year for, for example, Um, JMU misses a couple of field goals and they lose to Villanova. And like, we're all upset because of what that means about the seeding. And ultimately there are, I know there are people who will always look back and say, well, ifs and buts, and maybe JMU wins and they're not on the road and all these things. Right. But like when they lost to Villanova, that didn't end the season or didn't end the dreams. Right. And I think, like you said, on Saturday when they lost, I felt like, oh man, it's all out the window. Yep. And this was a learning experience for me too, that um, A, FBS is hard, but B, it wouldn't be even, this year it sucks because they may not have postseason opportunities or likely do not. But, you know, Coastal lost on Saturday and you know, their fans were sitting there thinking like we could be in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Right. You know, Oklahoma State lost on Saturday and their fans were thinking, this is our year to win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Right, I mean, in excruciating fa- I, I just—it's a reminder of how tough this is going to be going forward. And and I also thought to myself, like, in a future year, things wouldn't be over. Right now, we'd still be playing for the Sun Belt Championship. Yeah, absolutely. It's and a wide I, open race, and it was a lot easier to come back from. I remember myself last year. I don't remember who Villanova, who JV played after they lost the game to Villanova. Someone can correct me on this, but I knew after the, the frustrating part of the Villanova game was, it was going to take me weeks. Till I had any sense of like whether this meant Jamie was good or bad. Yep. And now I get to go on Saturday to Harrisonburg for homecoming and watch them play a team that I know, if they beat them, I will feel much better again. Yeah, right? exactly. I will be excited again. I'm excited to go to this game. I'm not having to rally. And so for the people who were complaining about, like quit saying it's not another Towson. Well, it isn't another Towson. Georgia yeah. Southern was good enough that if you mess around, this is what happens. So that was all good. Um, On the Sunbelt front, a couple fun Sunbelt weeknight games this week. Georgia State at App State is Wednesday night on ESPN2, and Thursday is the huge game in the West, uh, the Troy at South Al on ESPNU. So we should get a good chance to see Georgia State, one of our future opponents, um, and a team that beat Georgia Southern already. Um, And and South
1: Al, a team that could kind of be the ranked team from the belt now that Coastal uh, and JMU It really like. should be. I It yeah. Yeah,
0: should be probably. Um, and, and certainly I'll be rooting for South Al because, you know, if Cincinnati and or Tulane were to stumble, South Al very much the team um, that would be kind of third in line at the moment, I think, for that New Year's Six slot. So, yeah, it will be fun to watch. Um, Rob, random question I'm going to hit you with. Over under, On it was really fun last week to be ranked. It made the season a success already over under three years. The next time JMU is ranked.
1: (laughs) I know. You you know me. I can be kind of like.
0: I know. I know. That's why I put it out far enough to be like.
1: I'm going to say under. I'm not saying they'll finish the season or be consistently, but I think they certainly can get off to another four, no start three, no start. Mm -hmm. And to do that, they'll, you know not that UVA is any yeah no but yeah, no, they will like, have a power no great fight tricks, but, next but year. you could have an ACC win mm-hmm. you could have you know another couple of yeah i i'd say yeah. under that's yeah under. I, that, I, that's what i when i when i thought about it
0: to myself i was like okay it's either going to be the end of this season if they mm-hmm. win out or it may it might be years and years from now yeah. and then i actually started thinking about it and i'm like no they play UVA next year they play tech in 25 like there are opportunities here coming so yeah, I, I'm with you. I I'm hopeful as well. Uh and then my last thing on this, we're I'm not, I don't know about you, I'm not gonna talk about refereeing tonight. It's bad. Like it was really bad. I don't know that I like I I I'm not blaming anything in this game on the refereeing. Like, it's just bad. And the the color commentator for this game was even worse than the uh, refereeing. So like I don't know. It wasn't you know. that
1: he was bad it was yep. that he was very uncomfortable with the concept of silence and he just yes. talked and talked and talked i didn't think he was terrible in terms of his comments or anything i actually thought he was pretty pretty even like he was yep. beating the drum for that Thornton call being bad yeah um I, I just he talked a lot, a lot i also
0: felt like 2016 called and wanted all their references back
1: yeah
0: rob and i i mean don't get me wrong we like that. Yeah. Two thousand three called, and once the reference back from <laughs> us, right? But no, yeah. I,
1: I know he was drawing the ire of most of the fan base, and I thought he was kind of annoying. But I didn't think he was bad, and I think he mm-hmm. actually somebody would just calm down. He seemed over caffeinated, is all. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate the fact that, like, he seemed as upset in a more professional way as most of JMU Twitter mm-hmm. after that call was called incomplete. 100%. You know, he was just like, "Man, they got a bum deal. They got a bum deal." So I appreciated that. Yeah.
0: And then uh, my last thing, and I got to cut it. I had to check myself on this, Rob. I started to get really annoyed yesterday with um, JMU fans um, who had spent the last like seven days. Like we, we got to get off the bird app and like f- we don't have to fight. Ev- we don't have to scrap in every fight in these Twitter streets like all the time, right? It's um, insufferable. You can't Congress run your USA mouth. Kennesaw yeah. stuff. I don't give a shit. Let them figure yeah. it out, right? Good yeah. for them. We'll, I'm confident the Sunbelt will show it on the field. You know, um, the NDSU stuff on Saturday, like they lost too. I don't care what NDSU says about us or what we, like, they're not relevant to my life anymore for a while, right? I, they, it's can be frustrating, but I, just all that stuff. And then the policing of, this is one thing, like our fans got very, uh, you know, like Georgia Southern rushed the field. Good for Good them. Good for them. Yeah. I, well, you and I, I, think, are, have a long track record of being, we are pro-court storm rushing the yes. field. Do yes. Do it every
1: game. Do Make it, it a tradition. Do it I don't yes. care. Yes. It's awesome. Like To me, yeah. it just bothers me because there's a certain segment of the JMU yeah. online fan base that I think has the rest of us kind of typecast or stereotyped. And it seems to go where like they're constantly clamoring, nobody respects us, nobody respects us, we're the best, we're the best. Then as soon as somebody takes us seriously, it's like, you guys are losers. You're taking little old JMU seriously. And, and that was kind of the reaction with the court, with the court, storm, court field, the field yeah. storming. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's pathetic. We're just a first year FBS team. And you're like, well, no, we're a top 25 team. Yeah, like yeah. Georgia, Georgia Southern. Yeah. They've got a proud history in They're FCS like as does JMU, but you like, better believe first time JMU beats a top 25 at home. I hope everybody rushes the field. Hell yeah. And I don't right. care if, if that first time top 25 team is a recent call up or Tennessee. Right. That's cool. It's right. fun. So like, yeah, Georgia Southern won what a bazillion championships. Yeah. Th- that didn't happen when any of these students were around. No, they in these don't students' world, they're coming. They're, this is a rebuild.
0: Yeah, they've been terrible for they've the last terrible.
1: couple of years. They've been terrible. They ran they got an a real coach offense. who's
0: trying to give them excitement. Yeah,
1: they they had a big one over Nebraska. Mm-hmm. This was a huge one at home. I mean, I took it as like, hey, we're in the right place. We've all been saying, oh, we are sick of playing the William and Marys of the world. We're sick of playing the Elons. Or nobody cares. And we take over the stadium, and it's quiet as a you know quiet yeah. as a church. And then all of a sudden, there's excitement. And it literally flows over onto the field and we all kind of turn our noses up at it. I just thought that was a really Old bad take yeah. by, by a lot of people. Yeah, and and
0: part of me had to take a step back and be like, the, our fans are just like I am. I was really upset, hurt. This one really hurt. Yeah. Like, it sucked, especially to come back and take the lead again at the end. And Like, I thought we might get out of the steal one mm-hmm. and get out of there. And like, it really sucked. And I wasn't, I had some commitments Saturday night that forced me to act like an adult yeah. and not be online too much Saturday night um but it, had i not had those things going on i i would have been in the same i i i, I recognize i might have been in the same boat
1: why wouldn't it you know yeah. you me and, Dev, and uh, yeah, yeah, Delvin, Delvin were texting and i was like i'm staying off social media i don't want to cuz it's easy to get sucked into it yeah, um, yeah, particularly yeah. on a Saturday night after an mm-hmm. afternoon game when people have had a couple cocktails and mm-hmm. um, I don't a know. four of just...
0: hour and four minute Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: and yeah. we have a very vocal and energetic and sometimes cocky fan base, mm-hmm. and so and a lot them. of people sit sit down and they just observe on these other teams, and then when JMU loses, they come out in full force mm-hmm. and.
0: Yeah, that's what I, That doesn't
1: surprise me. You know? right. If we dish it out, we got to be willing to take it. So I just avoided it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I don't
1: like to stoke it leading up to the game. Right. Um, you and I, I, think, are kind of jokingly trash-talking, but you can, people can check our timelines. You're not going to find us going back and forth with fans before games, after games, ever. No. Just it ain't our thing. If it is your thing, then enjoy it. But don't people can't get upset when fans clap back at them if they're going to clap back yeah. too. So whatever. Well, Do what you and- want.
0: And like you said, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska, right? They got a new coach who's a big deal for them, who's kind of semi-local, right? A guy came back home from bigger jobs, and he's a bigger name, and he came back to the South, and he's their coach, and he's trying to build some excitement in the program, and they get this enormous win against Nebraska, and they're 2-0, and, the, and it doesn't quite go their way for a few weeks. Yep. And like their fans have been looking for a reason to like celebrate progress, and this was it.
1: And they got it. And
0: I hope that we, I'm not going to be rushing the field most likely on Saturday, um, but I'm still going to celebrate this team just as much as I would have. Like, I, that was my thing is I remember we, we were on here last week, Robin. and I said, I want them to win one more so that we can like have this big homecoming. And That's it took me like homecoming. 10 hours. Yeah. It took me like till the next morning to be like, you know what? I'm just as excited for this. This is awesome. We're five and one. We have a chance to beat Marshall. And I got to say, before the season, I, I didn't necessarily think I would be going into this game really confident. Yeah. And now I'm excited. So you
1: also get a look in perspective of like, you know, they were only down two touchdowns, but it looked like the wheels were oh, coming yeah. off and they were about to get blown out and they came mm-hmm. back and like two touchdowns isn't the same as Jamie's comeback against App State. Right. But it's not that far off either. You yeah. Know, granted, it happened, started in the second quarter and became neck and yeah. neck, but they looked like they were getting taken behind the woodshed. And then all of a sudden they come back and have this great win and you know, ends with a pick hit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Good for them. Have fun. Good College football is supposed to be fun. Yes. Students rushing the field is fun. I'm in yeah. favor.
0: All right. So on to four downs, we're going to do this a little differently this week. I had an idea this week, Rob. Um, I have positives and negatives for all four phases of the game. Those okay. being offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. Okay. Um, you pick which one you want to go with first, and I have a feeling I, I know there's at least one where we're going to have some, uh, you know, maybe some differences of opinion here and with other members of the fan base. Um, so, but feel free to pick anything among coaching, specials, offense, or
1: defense. <laughs> let's let's get kind of the easiest one off. What about specials? We'll just go. Okay.
0: There. Yeah. I mean, look, the negative is that the obvious negative is the, the biggest play punt. of the game is the yeah. block punt yeah. touchdown. You just can't do it. Um, I'm not. I'm still not sure what happened. Um, it clearly seems like a missed block. It looked like a if,
1: block. Yeah, know. it
0: didn't even seem particularly like it was a designed... I, I don't even know if it was like a plan on Georgia Southern's part. Like, I don't know that they it looked like a standard
1: rush. It didn't look like they were bringing yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I, I'm still confused on what happened. Um, you can't have that happen. It's just awful. Um, and obviously, Sam Clark is a different punter than like... Harry ran one way or the other, I and mean, he ran all over the place and punted from different places all the time. This is different. This is a more traditional, but still a step in. They got to figure it out. Um, the, I, I don't think it like, was his
1: fault, though. For,
0: I don't know. I don't was, think it was no. his fault at all. Yeah. I just think they got to address it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, schematically.
1: Well, it's um, just one of those things like it, you lose one play. Mm-hmm. One guy loses a battle. It can turn the tide of the game. Mm-hmm.
0: The other problem I have, and, and I would like them to, I hope I'm sure that they are addressing this, but both kickoff return and punt return. Like, that punter was excellent yeah. for Georgia Southern. He was a major factor in this game. Huge. And I, how many times did our – and even on the even on kickoffs, and was, but what I was saying was our guys seemed to be um, anticipating the kicks to be shorter than they ended up being. And even the final kickoff of the game where they had gotten the personal foul on the, I don't know, taunting or some crap on the two-point or, – or the touchdown, the, the last two, touchdown – yeah. Yeah, and so we got to, you know, they had to kick off from deep. Hugh Reed had a good return, but he had to start by going backwards to catch it because we were too far up. I don't know what's going on there. I just, they got to figure that out. Um, The positives on the special teams, I just want to say was, um, lots. our kickers did better (laughs) other than the block punt, right? We had a nice field goal from Cam and Wise. In some ways, I wished Cam had been given a chance to kick another field goal or two earlier in the game. Um, But he made his field goal, and Connor Madden, the kickoffs were mostly touchbacks this week. So, you know, not all doom and gloom on specials. Uh, Second down, what do we want to do next, Rob? Offense, defense, or coaching? Um,
1: Let's do offense.
0: Let's do offense, yeah. So, I'll start. Positive. They had 675 yards of offense, JMU did. They ran the ball 40 times for 207 yards and passed it 48 times for 468 yards. I know we're going to get to this in a second. That's a little more balanced than some might remember yes. in the heat of the moment, right? Yes. Um, the, A couple of other things happened in this game that were positive. I'll start with positive. A, it's obviously bad that Nick Kidwell got hurt. But I thought Josh Toner came line in and played, played well. very yes. well. And he played very they moved him to left guard and then they shifted the line around the positions. They didn't miss a beat. I didn't think. They were fine. When you have 675 yards, they must have been doing something well. The other thing is, I totally underestimated starting this season, Rob, how damn good our receiver group is.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say this is not just the Chris Thornton show. No brown and brown green green. Oh, green is a monster yeah green I'm, I'm so happy about yes. green because i was i was looking for him earlier in the season it took him a couple weeks to get going i think he had like one target the first week and mm-hmm. um but he really hung in there and he is he's dangerous man
0: he's really really dangerous he's yeah.
1: really good and reggie
0: brown is the one that makes me the most excited because he's the only player that he's coming back next. he's year. coming back yeah. and he looks like a number one And he certainly looks like a guy who can be a number one and be a leader of this core next year. Um, That's really exciting. Uh, Obviously, the negatives, you can't turn the ball over four times, right? And I'm totally willing to forgive the second interception, the fluky one that popped up in the air. Popped the
1: helmet type thing. Yeah, and and then it even looked like Latrell was
0: going to catch it, and then another guy caught it. Like, that's just a weird thing. Um, You know, but they gave away seven points on the one that they – through the interception early in the other team's end zone, or at least gave away three points. Um, And then the Ravenel fumble later in the game. You know, you just, you know, everyone, I mean, they didn't mean to make mistakes, but can't do it. Um, I know that there are a lot of our fans, and Rob, I'll set you up here. um, Even us, even me, my recollection of the last, say, quarter of the game, the period where JMU trailed, was that we entirely abandoned the run. And it just started throwing it all the time, and that's what killed us. Yeah. On rewatch, is that the what you saw entirely?
1: No, no, no. not at all. Because I was right there with you. I mean, yeah. that was in our text string after the game. It was like, what the heck happened? They're running the ball at will, Then they just went pass, 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 and didn't do anything second half. I went back. I mean, it, certainly not the case in the fourth quarter. But even the entire second half, first drive was a TD. I don't know mm-hmm. how you're going to complain about that. Right. Second drive, four plays, one run, incomplete on fourth and three. I'll give mm-hmm. you that. Okay, people can say, oh, they should have run there. Whatever. But again, I mean, it's four plays. What are you going to yep. do? Third drive, four plays, two runs, incomplete on third and long. And then you punt. Um, fourth drive, three and out, one run. Fifth drive, two plays, fumble by Ravenel. Sixth drive, seven plays, four rushes. Um, I think that was the one that was the overturned catch. Yeah. Yep. So, so then they had third and long fourth and long didn't do it. Seventh drive touchdown. And also you're down in the fourth quarter. Yep. You You're going to throw eighth drive, touchdown ninth drive, Interception. So, like, some of it was circumstances. You're playing by 10 down. Like, the idea seems to be from a lot of fans, myself included. This mm-hmm. is not me and you being like, look what all these other dummies are saying. We were saying the exact same thing. So, we are yes. saying us. So, yes. don't anybody think that we're accusing them. Um, but my whole thing was like, man, if they had just kind of controlled the clock and bled, you know, another minute, it would They were playing from behind. I mean, yeah. and I know the audience was outstanding and they scored a lot, but it takes. It, we'd be going in like bonkers right now. If they tried to bleed the clock down 10 in yeah. the fourth quarter, and ended up being a drive short. Like it, this wasn't them just like putting Percy and Palmer on the sidelines and saying, we don't need you anymore. We're going to throw. I do agree. And I will be screaming about this as loud as anybody that I didn't like not running the ball on some of the fourth and third and short situations yes. in the
0: first. Yes. hundred percent. That, yep. that, I mean, like, That's my coaching
1: yeah. yeah. And I guess this will bleed over if we can just go yeah. into yeah. coaching, go into now, coaching. Yep. about that. Um, mm-hmm. Positive yeah, was, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, the offense was, offense fine. was terrific. <laughs> o- offense was terrific. Um, although I will say this, like, along these lines, Santeo does a lot of things really well. He does almost everything really well. He doesn't throw the greatest deep ball. Right. He ends up throwing it short a lot. And so, like, when you're doing that, I mean, that interception yeah. was fluky. It yeah. also was a little bit underthrown. Um, yeah. We saw a couple weeks ago, he had, I think Thornton, if he'd hit him in stride, it would have been six, but he had to come back. Uh, yeah. it, he had another one to Thornton where they were wise yeah. had the field goal. This wasn't a long ball, but he threw it a little behind him, but like, he's very good at hitting the guy. But you notice like oftentimes on our deep passes, the guy catches it standing still. It's a little yeah. bit, so it's just, a, but he's awesome hitting crossing routes. He's, you know, oh, guys on the, the sidelines
0: are incredible. Sidelines
1: is amazing. Like, yeah. so if you're going to throw the ball, okay, maybe take one big strike on fourth and two. Go deep. Mm-hmm. But they threw a fade. Yeah. They threw they did, a go threw route. The two fourth
0: down calls d- in the first half were just really frustrating. Which is
1: it's like, I get, that's not, to Especially me, that's play when we call.
0: had like, yeah, when we that's, had like Percy sitting there, Latrell yeah. sitting there. And we, I think like the painter, like the sort of like, shorter, you know, like we'd shown we can hit these like short, you know, shorter flat passes. Yeah. Like just get the first down. <laughs> like, and it,
1: like and Todd, I don't want to speak no. for you, but I'm a, uh, I know yeah. me personally, I loved the aggressiveness in going for it. Yeah. I just did not like the way that they choose to do it. Again, if you want to take one deep shot as a surprise on one of those, mm-hmm. but it was a couple in a row where they had yeah. third and shorter, fourth and short, and they chose like, Oh, let's go big. Let's hit the home run. You don't, That didn't make sense to me, but that Mm. is different than abandoning the run. I got them confused after the game.
0: Yeah. In my mind,
1: it was like, oh, they just never ran. They didn't run on four or five plays. I thought they absolutely should have on at least half of them, but Mm. I don't know. It was, it was incredibly frustrating because I thought Mm. it was there for the taking. And you know, they get one of those, maybe it's a different result.
0: Yeah. What's, what's hard too is what I had forgotten was the real problem with the offense was that like third quarter stretch where they went like three or four drives and they really fell apart. I, yeah. I, I saw Signetti brought that up this morning. Um
1: but again you know, it was mistakes, was, it was a fumble. It was mistakes. it was, right. it was the the catch that was called not a catch yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of there like
0: were, Yep.
1: You know they, they Because then when
0: they got the ball back, when they were down 34-24 and got the ball. They're down 91 10 yards, with 7 30-20. minutes and 27 seconds to go. Yeah. So we're talking about less than half of a quarter remaining yes. and you're down two scores and they took the and lead, and that was where they like had to go super you know they went nuclear in their aggression and that was where they had the three play drive where they just went nuts like they got the long the touchdowns and you totally understood like we got to pass now because we're down two scores with seven minutes to go i do think and this is where you can you know it's hard to it's just like how do you argue with scoring right they scored to take the lead There is a part of me, they got the ball back with four minutes to go down six after Georgia Southern kicked the field goal to go up 37-31. And we threw it like crazy again and didn't burn any time, right? And that's where, like, but I don't know. It's hard because you were, like, already in the mode of we got to go, we got to go. And just like every NFL team we see every week, this is where sometimes I wish there was, like, a 14-year-old kid that plays Madden yelling at the coaches like taking over the clock management instead of the coaches who are down on the field in the same panic breath that I'm in. Like, we got to go, we got to go, you know? Yeah. (laughs)
1: But I I think I'm, I agree with you, but this was way different than like Saquon Barkley at the end of the Giants game yesterday where he slid where it's like, okay, if I slide on the two, we can bleed the clock and the game's over. mm -hmm. We as fans were complaining that they didn't, bleed enough time off the clock on the go-ahead drive. Correct. With four on the drive, to go. we were down six. Yeah. Yes. You, the, the primary objection there is to score. It is not to score with two seconds left. Like, no. It's, right. You need to score. And so, like, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, man, they, they did that. Basically, what we're saying is they did that too well. Yeah. Okay. And even it, the last
0: – the the touchdown, the green scored. Yeah. Um, Was green on the last one, right? Or was it I brown? Think so. Green and brown blocking. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good block by brown downfield. Like most teams make a tackle there at the 20 yard line. Yeah, exactly. And then you can like restart re thinking about like, how do we march in from here? And
1: right? then it's things like maybe you run down the play clock. A Correct. Bit. It right. wasn't one of those situations. It was boom, 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 big play. They scored. Whoa. Yep. You know, know. We, we thought just a normal drive would have taken another minute and a half off there. So I don't really have a problem with that. I would have had no. a problem if it was, you know, a, a minute. Yeah. And they're throwing bombs from the twenty-five, you know, just like let's yeah. score, score, score. But but again, you're down. So yeah. they did the what they're supposed to do, which that was go on. I ahead.
0: disagree with Rob on the coaching side that where I thought we were was a positive was I heard some people say like, oh, they just weren't prepared or or they got beat by this Georgia Southern scheme. You know, they did give up one touchdown in the first half. Yeah. Just one. It was the block punt that was the other one. Yep. Yeah. And even later on, they kind of got beat. Like Georgia Southern would adjust at the line, JMU would adjust. You could see them talking on the field and like getting in the right position a lot of times. Yeah. But we that and this takes us to defense. The pass rush didn't get home. I think we talked about this before the game. Georgia Southern was a quick passing team. Yep. They they did not take a lot of sacks. We talked about this last week. Two-step drops. They go, exposed go. all the problems we've been worried about all year which was if you didn't give us if – you, if you were totally a pure passing team and you threw it quick, like where our pass rush couldn't get there, this was our concern. Um, so, you know, look, I, on defense, the real negatives are I think we were really exposed in the middle of the field, um, you know, the middle of the passing defense in particular. We missed some tackles, including one at the end of the game on fourth and ten you know that's very similar to the app fourth the app play that Hugh Reed made, yep. right? Where he drills the guy and he stops the play that wins the game. If we make that last tackle on fourth and ten, they probably win the game here. Um, and we had missed chances, you know, missed ball opportunities. So weird. Well, that's the other thing. Things you just know, like through guys' We had guys two hands. or three chances at interceptions in one play. The the seventy five yard touchdown. We had two guys have a chance at an yep. interception and missed it. Like. Yes, you know, and that's not to take anything away from Georgia Southern. It's just those are fluky plays. And they didn't happen this week. Um, you know, everything it it just kind of fell apart for most of the second half on, on defensively for JMU. And I don't it's hard to like look back and blame one player or one kid or one play. I don't I don't see any of that. Um so I don't know. That was my negative. I did think there were some positives on defense in a weird game, Rob. And that is a few guys played in this game that are going to be important to this team this year and next year who haven't played a lot. Yeah. I thought Jarius Remnant came in mm-hmm. later in the game. And part of this was just Georgia Southern ran 80 plays in this game.
1: Yeah.
0: And like most of them were passes, right? What did they? They only ran the ball 16 times. So they threw 64 passes. Like guys are going to get tired. You know, yeah. and uh, but I thought Remnick was pretty good and and he was he's a little bit better in coverage than some of his um, some of the alternatives at that slot. Uh, I thought Francis Meehan came in. They seemed to at some point, it seemed like the coaching staff decided, like, we got to get some fresh bodies in there or get some new speed in there. Uh, I thought both of them contributed. Jamry Chroma having him back. He made some plays. He's back again next. All these guys are juniors. Right. Abby Inukonje, it, um has really become, I know I'm not saying that right, Inbuaku, um, yeah, Inbuaku Konje, You know, he was a guy that I was almost like disappointed in last year. Here is this like big name transfer from Minnesota and it didn't look like it was going to happen. But he's a part of the group now. He's a redshirt junior. Sean Johns played some at redshirt sophomore at Noseguard. You know, they had to rotate more than they've been forced to. And I'm really hopeful. I guess the one positive I take out of this is that some of those guys are, you know, good for this the rest of this season and next year. And I was glad to see it. So, you know, I, I don't know. They're going to have to figure it out. And they certainly the, are. But I mean, yeah. that,
1: that's got to get your attention as a defense because, <laughs> like you said, this was it was shocking to see. Anytime you give up nearly 600 yards, mm-hmm. it's surprising. But we said all along, like even going back before the App State game, we were talking to those. Other guys on for their podcast mm-hmm. were like, Jamie will give up plays in the passing game. They just are. It's it's a feature of this defense. It's not a bug. It's what they do. It's what they've done the past couple of years, but they usually can limit it. They mm-hmm. didn't limit it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't think they were exposed. People were like, oh, now everybody mm-hmm. knows the blueprint. Like it's but tough to pull off what Georgia's, well, what Southern did. Well, the other thing is, Kyle Van
0: Trees and that group of receivers is really good. really good. Like Mar- we're playing Marshall this week. I don't know if anybody watched Wednesday night last week. Marshall is horrendous. Like no. they are like Woodson High School terrible at throwing the football. Yeah. Right? They have a two great running backs, one of mm-hmm. which might be back for this game, but they have a great running back. They have a huge line, <laughs> but they are limited. But that's
1: strength against strength.
0: They are yeah. limit, very limited offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody, I mean, just watching this conference, we said it last week. Georgia Southern was the one team that really could pull this off. And looking at JMU's schedule, the rest of the year. Allie way, Rob, Jennings
1: can can do some damage. Now he's a
0: but he's a great receiver on yeah. an otherwise eh, yeah. offense, right? Um we'll see. We'll get there when we get there. But like Louisville's not a throwing team, even when Malik Cunningham is incredible. Mm-hmm. They, I wouldn't classify them as a throwing team. You know, Georgia State Coastal will get there. They've got their own things. But we're not going to see this again, I don't think. I hope not. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, McCall's a really good player at the end of the season, but uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll cross those bridges when we get there. Yeah. Marshall is not Georgia Southern. <laughs> Marshall is a running first, run second, run third team. Yeah. Because if they put it in the air, they're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is, we said matchups. This was a bad matchup. And now this week, I think we're back to a better matchup for, mm-hmm. for JMU. Yeah. Um, this could be a very different game. And Marshall is incredibly capable defensively. Uh, so we'll get there. But uh, yeah, I'm just, it's a bummer. That's our four downs. I think we've covered it. I don't know if you had anybody else or anything else here, Rob, as we try to put this one to bed.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I i just, I'm trying to stay confident. I think this was one of those things where many things could have gone wrong in this game. Mm-hmm. Most of them did. Mm-hmm. And they still were in position to win it at the end. Yep. So I know a loss is a loss and there's no moral victories, blah, 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 blah. I get that. I believe that right along there with everybody else. But this wasn't like they just went out there and laid an egg. They made a bunch of mistakes. They had four turnovers and they gave up nearly 600 yards passing the ball. And they still had the potential to win the game with 30 seconds left. So if you want to look for positives, that's one. And and Santeo, that's a positive for him. Yeah, the interception that looks sort of miscommunication. In the end, that guy's a winner, man. Like yeah. I, I was very confident when we got the ball back. I had every bit of confidence that I, in Santeo that I had, and you know, name your favorite Jamie quarterback from the past.
0: Oh yeah, me too. That that yes. guy can ball out. He can. And, He's so you know, good. Yeah, yeah. And I was glad to see. I you know I, I think sometimes I always get frustrated with. I will admit that I do get frustrated with Signetti in his post game after losses. Sometimes for, sometimes I want him to take a little more responsibility or like, I don't know what I want. And that's just a fan's perspective, right? And he's frustrated with the way something wasn't executed or something. I don't know. I was glad to hear him today um, in the press conference, I think this morning, talk about that the coaches have some work to do in the off season, that this will be an interesting Figuring out Georgia Southern's offense will be a project for the defensive coaching staff this offseason. And you could tell that he felt like, yep, there are some things we, we got to figure that out, too. And, and, he, and also, by the same token, he was also, I think, very confident that they're not going to see this again.
1: Right, the, they're not i mean
0: it, no the clay helton kyle
1: Van Treese uh, was really good uh, yeah. not a lot of guys hang in you there you know in college yeah. hang in there but also just release it so quickly mm-hmm. i mean he was just zipping that mm-hmm. ball out into the flat you know totally exposing the zone but doing it quickly it wasn't like our pass rush wasn't completely anemic i realize that that's weird yeah. to hear me say that when they yeah, didn't, didn't think get so him but they were in his face a lot he just was getting rid of the ball, you know? So not well, a lot of guys are going to do that.
0: No, and, and Jamie, you know, even in the second quarter, be right before the half, I thought they had to turn. This year, they've often waited to the second half to kind of turn the pass rush loose. Yeah. This week, they had to turn it loose a little bit earlier in the game, I thought. And they sort of ran out of like um, arrows in the quiver. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and by the end of the game, I mean, it became very frustrating. Like even the fourth down play, you know, it was like almost an all-out blitz. And it was never getting home. No, But I don't know what else to do because even when you sat back, they were like waiting and finding.
1: They were you know, picking it apart.
0: Yeah. So I I I could I was just glad to see Signetti um, today say like the coaches ha- will have some work on this one um, coming. Yeah. So two things looking ahead to this week, Rob. It is homecoming. We're hosting the Marshall Thundering Herd in Harrisonburg this Saturday on what looks like finally a good weather game. <laughs> when we're all excited, they're still five and one. Uh, Marshall, who beat Notre Dame this year, uh, three and three team. You know, this is a big one. Still, uh, they're coming off a mini buy, having played last Wednesday, so they will have had a little extra time for JMU. JMU, this is the last game before JMU's buy. Uh, I, I guess I would set this. You know, I, uh, do you want to start? Do you have something big you're looking ahead to this week, Rob?
1: Strength versus strength. We were just talking about like the Marshall running game going up against the Jamie defense. This is a good one to, you know, real good matchup where it kind of plays into Jamie's hands where the opportunity is there to go out and face a team that is going to challenge our best aspect of defense. I think Jamie can rise to the challenge. And I think this is the perfect way to maybe reset. I would not want to see them come and play another, you know, quick throwing bunch of slant sort of team like just line up and do it um i don't expect them to shut marshall down like they have every other team basically mm-hmm. but i do expect to keep them in check and i think jamie this is i think this will be a big one for jamie to get his confidence back on defense get its swagger back
0: yeah i mean for the record georgia southern ran for 16 yards yes so nobody's like, running not, on
1: JMU. no they're
0: still not running
1: i don't but um, I, like i'm saying like i don't expect marshall to be held to 15 no, yards 20 no, of yards but if you can hold them to 75, 80, I think that's possible. And I think that would be a huge accomplishment. And the reason for Jamie to kind of be strutting around knowing like, okay, we're back. We got this we got this dialed back in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm just really looking forward to this. This is the first, there's an opportunity here to learn from this week in a different way than, Jamie has never had this opportunity in the CAA in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like where they got punched in the mouth, and they really had to get up immediately, and like do something about it. You know, <laughs> like they had a lot, they had a long runway <laughs> for all kinds of mistakes. You know, on the on the landing kind of thing mm-hmm. um, in the past, and they don't have that this year. And I'm excited about this. I am. I think this is the. It, it kind of reminds me of Middle Tennessee when we started the season, Rob, in that with the bye coming up. If JMU can win this week, if they can play well this week, they have a real opportunity for a special season in front of them. They'd have yeah. a bye and then four big games left. Right? And they would have a bye before Louisville, some time to get ready, you know, then ODU. Um and
1: I don't Georgia know, State. Georgia
0: State. Yeah, well, and they have three of their last five are at home. And so one of them's Louisville, so three of the last four Sun Belt games are at home. So far JMU is what? 2 and 1 or, Two and one in the Sun Belt. No, three yeah. and one. Three, three and one, year. but one and one on the road, or two, two and one on the road. Sorry, at App at Arkansas State. They've already kind of managed that pretty well. So they're three and one in the league. Um, two and one on the road. They have more at home the rest of the way. You know, I, I don't know. It just feels like if they, it feels like another swing game where if they, if they don't win this week going to be a long two weeks leading into louisville and you can see where you know if that's if that if two becomes three that gets real hard to to get up for the last three weeks but you win this week and you got uh, that buy to get ready for the the big opportunity at louisville and then you come home for two of your last three with the rival you know sandwiched in in between the only road game now is you know only halfway a road game, right? Yeah. And uh, that's no shot at Old Dominion fans. There's going to be plenty, you know, it'll be overwhelmingly Old Dominion fans in the stadium. I'm not concerned about that. I, I just mean, it's not a long trip. A lot of the kids know that trip, know this place. I think a lot of
1: friends and family members in this yeah, yeah,
0: so I just am really looking forward to how they bounce back this week. And I think this could be the biggest game of the back half of the season in terms of what is the rest of the season going to be like. Yeah, we certainly it the tone. Yeah, if you win this one and get to six and one, it really sets a tone to like take your bye, get healed up, come back for four fun games. If you lose it, I think you're going to be scrapping to get to six or seven wins, you know, and that's what I don't want to see. So that's that's exciting place to be. Uh, only two injuries this week. We talked about Kidwell and Mateo Jackson got hurt on that. Is that a kickoff play? It's a weird play. Um, I
1: don't remember. But again,
0: Jameis, you know, over. Oh, on the whole, they've been relatively fortunate.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I didn't hear about Kidwell. It was a little frustrating, and it's hard to know. That was one thing over the weekend. Kidwell got hurt, went out for a series, came back for a series, and that was kind of the series that led to the weird interception at the end of the first half. And then I think they were like, Well, if you can't move, you can't be out there kind of thing. Um, but I'm at the same time, because he came back, I'm maybe hopeful that. I don't know it's if it's a, a high ankle thing. sprain or something. Yeah, exactly. That maybe he's got a chance to come back uh, relatively soon. So well, if not this week, then maybe after the bye kind of thing. Because um, that offensive line is still was they were not a problem this week. No, no, no. So there there are good things here. So that's all we got. Really excited for homecoming. Can't wait to see everybody. Really looks good. I I, I did laugh today. There was an interaction with the uh, the weather the woman who does the weather for the local Harrisonburg station. Mm -hmm. And she put up a post about like homecoming weather looks great. Here's the, you know, it's going to be around 70 and the weather should be good. And, and someone was like, well, it looks like it's gonna be really cold at eight in the morning. And she she said like, apparently I'm not aware of like how modern tailgating at JMU works. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, But Rob, did we have, did we have a quick overtime tonight?
1: Yeah, would you say you want to do Halloween movies? I don't know. Yeah, sure. It's almost okay. Halloween. We, yeah.
0: we, we we got candy talk coming up either this week or on the buy maybe in two weeks.
1: Yeah, maybe the buy. Yeah, uh, we should, we should reach out to Bondurant do his book.
0: Oh yeah, we should. Fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool.
1: Um, uh, all right, well, what do you want to do? do? Top three Halloween movies. Top
0: three. I only wrote down three, so I okay. Don't know. Good. I mean, I, it's hard because I don't know what's a Halloween versus when you look up best Halloween movies, it's all just like horror movies. But they're not necessarily Halloween movies. So, anyways, you're welcome to choose from any of those. But I just. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't really like horror movies. Yeah. So, um, and that's putting it mildly. Like, I, uh-huh. I really don't enjoy them. But if, if I have to choose a scary one, mm-hmm. I guess I would go with Scream because it's yeah. also kind of campy and I yeah. can convince myself. But honestly, for me, I would choose things that w- I would choose, I would try to get out of this category. I do not <laughs> like horror movies. I do not like being No, I t-
0: I chose three fun ones. I wrote. I started to say Scream, Get Out, or Blair Witch, and then I was like, No, I don't want to do just pure horror movies because I don't want to talk about those.
1: <laughs> no, because <laughs> I I saw Blair Witch, in the theater, and I told people it was great. I walked out of that happy I survived more than actually enjoying it. Like it just I saw st- that in the
0: theater at Valley Mall.
1: Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. yeah, that's bad. That I don't rad. know. It's
1: it's not a movie, but if I had to pick one first, I would go Great Pumpkin. That's
0: yes, my, that's my, that, my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. No, number 1 for sure. Okay. I love great pumpkin. I also think great pumpkin is like I don't know, my wife and I argue which is the uh, you know. Everyone knows the Christmas one. Right? But great pumpkin and Thanksgiving are better. really good too. Great pumpkin's yeah. better. Yeah. 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 Great pumpkin's the best. Yeah. yeah. It's the best one. Yeah. Um I don't know. The only I only have two more that I wrote down. How about you? Yeah, Mark? what do
1: you got? I got I got two more too, but
0: Okay, well, this year with the um the sequel I have to admit, I had never seen the original Hocus Pocus. And then uh, my wife made me go back and watch it.
1: Oh and, just uh, just wanted to make that the family double feature last weekend and the boys revolted so we didn't watch it.
0: Oh well I really enjoyed that. So
1: that was what I'm not opposed to it. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. the tween and teenager were very yes. opposed to it. Yep.
0: And then uh and then my other one is Beetlejuice. I don't know if that's really Halloween, but I just I love Beetlejuice so much and this felt like the only place I'll ever get to talk about it, so
1: well, it's more Halloween than mine because yes. I would say – I was just going to throw in Harry Potter again. I don't want to be scared. <laughs> and there's ghosts in that, so I'm yep. counting it as Halloween. Yep. And then using the same logic, I was going to say Ghostbusters again.
0: Yes, Ghostbusters are good. Ghostbusters Nightmare, just... Nightmare Before Christmas, which is really I, – I know, Arguably Halloween. Yeah, because that's the right, – he the, the, the main bad guy is like Halloween Town instead of Christmastown. Yeah. And then he finds out about Christmastown and wants to go take over Christmastown. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just I in that way. So kid, I, but I don't know if that makes it a Halloween or a Christmas movie. But I think really
1: scary good. when I think Halloween. And then I think, ooh, I haven't seen a lot of those. But um, my kids love them. My kids are on horror movies. And
0: I, I, well, scary. your kids are at that age. I mean, I went through that phase in like seventh grade where I'm like, oh, I want to watch all, all these. Not. I did not. I did not like them. I was always really afraid of them. No, but, I did not. Yeah. We
1: had like the sleepovers and I would conveniently find a way to miss those. And um, I was a wimp, man. I didn't like that stuff.
0: No, I didn't I watch any of those like Freddy
1: Krueger things until like – probably like the fourth or fifth one. And I had to watch it like middle of the day, all the lights on. I do not like that stuff at all. <laughs> no, no, it's not my thing. I, I, saw, I, so. I saw scream at Grafton Stovall. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd seen it in the theater with Omar and Gaster, oh. And I remember we, we was at Reston town center and we all walked each other to our cars cause we were too scared. To walk back. <laughs> and then I saw it in Grafton Stovall and it was me and Yari and I forget who else. And about halfway through the movie, this guy in front of us bends over in his seat and then turns around and he'd put that scream mask on and Yari and I, and Yari's what? I mean, I'm six, five Yari's six, two. We were screaming (laughs) like a couple of babies. And like, both of us were like kind of trying to go after the guy, but trying to hold each other back. It was a brilliant prank, but it was cruel, man. Like I almost had a heart attack
0: in the theater. That's so good. I love it. Oh, that one's fun now. I can rewatch that one now because I can like, appreciate the campy the the, like, meta of part of it. Right? Yes. yes. Um,
1: we watched it as a family last year, the week of Halloween. Yeah. And the boys loved it. And I, to me, it's like a good time because it's kind of making fun of the genre. And okay.
0: Well, it's hard, right? Because that's get, even Get Out, which was not necessarily making fun of the genre. But I had heard so much about it before I went to see it. That I was able to watch it for all the kind of meta commentary that had nothing to do with like whether I was scared or not, and appreciated in that way. Um, I don't know how kids today, because like Player Rich, we didn't have the internet, so we went like the third day it was out, right before I left on my cross country camping trip at Valley Mall after I finished at JMU, and I didn't know like. It hadn't been spoiled. You could never have that now. Like, nothing had been spoiled that, like, this is not a real thing. This is, like, totally fake. It's not a documentary. Like, I don't know. Like, you could never have that.
1: <laughs> that was that was freaky. I haven't yes, seen that like, since the theater. That was really freaky. Yeah. I don't like the jump scares where, like, where things jump out at you. Right. I'm the person, like I said, in the theater that screams Sixth Sense. I screamed Yeah. when the kid, like, oh, okay. that's just – it's not my thing. I'm I mean, I can
0: barely handle, like – dramatic awkwardness in a sitcom much less (laughs) like like actual scary stuff yeah yeah. i'm not not built for that no that's funny that's really funny well this is good um rob onward to better things i i i just kept thinking i i kind of missed the one thing i was almost on sunday this was like one of the better saturdays in college football in many years in terms of like there were three Epic monstrous games. games that all were outstanding. And I didn't really enjoy any of them because I was so focused on JMU. It's really weird though. My dad's buddy, um, kind of my uncle Jeff, went to the game. He's the one I said last week, he went to the game and he was really disappointed, but he you know, felt a lot like we did. And uh, it was a hell of an entertaining. Like yeah. for a randomly neutral fan, this was another game that was like this kind of epic game.
1: Yeah, who it, was know, a ball and, last sort of thing?
0: Right, and um, I, I don't know. I guess we're so fortunate. I guess that's all I kept thinking about was I can't believe that we had a Saturday that was one of the best Saturdays in college football history. And Georgia Southern is getting plaudits nationally for being a part of that day because they beat JMU, mm-hmm. and like this was a season that we were worried wasn't going to amount to anything, or was going to be like treading water until we hoped something better next year. And to even have these last two or three Saturdays has been more than we could have ever hoped for. It's been for. fantastic, yeah. And to know that we're going back to Harrisonburg this weekend to play Marshall for homecoming. Yeah. We're not playing, I'm sorry, we're we're just, we're not playing Stony Brook for homecoming. Yeah. We're playing Marshall. This is really
1: fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like they beat there's Notre a, Dame a few weeks ago. There's, you know? be like, a bunch
1: of, there's gonna be a bunch of green in the tailgate lots. You know, that's exciting.
0: Oh, yeah. Good question on Twitter today. I think there's a big off-season discussion, and I hope that uh, JMU is listening about this, Rob. I did like the idea, should we be giving the visiting team fans the seats where they currently sit? Or should we be moving them up to the very upper section of the scoreboard end of the new side of the stadium? So our fans, a lot of which have been making trips this year, have realized that App and Georgia Southern, that that is more where they are placed. Obviously, we all understand that JMU, when they built the new side, wanted to have all of our fans have the benefit of the, the restrooms and concessions yeah. that are a part of the new side. Um, but I will say, you can't see a dang thing from way up top on that far left-hand corner, I guess the scoreboard end, if you're seeing. And you can do the we-
1: jumbotron, but you can see the field okay
0: right um yeah. but i don't but you're also your noise is removed from the stadium up there in a way that it will be interesting to watch like i, I don't know marshall's three and three maybe they don't bring a ton of people but my sense is they're going to have a good crowd this weekend and it will be fun to see what they have and like do they deserve the seats on the other side now i don't know it's a fun offseason discussion I, that
1: whole that yeah. the old side though are just crappy seats yeah, like want yeah, live. I know. If I'm a season ticket holder, even though you don't see the Jumbotron, mm-hmm. I'm not buying season tickets to sit on the crappy old Bridgeforth side.
0: No, and I don't, I, it's so weird for me because I know we have like one friend who sits over there, but they sit like right under the press box, which is a pretty cool, you know, they're right at the midfield stripe, Yeah, kind of in a good spot. Um, but otherwise, like I haven't been over there in so long and I have no idea like what is the concession and restroom situation trying to remember back to when we were, I mean, you'd have <laughs> to walk all the to... way
1: down. I mean, it's walk down and then back out. Yeah. Yeah. No so d- no. I,
0: don't yeah, I don't know. Anyways, fun, fun discussion for another yeah, time. Good. Yeah. I mean, fun topic. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, thanks, Rob. I'll be uh, really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. So yeah, man, little, should be... It'll be a fun, fun afternoon.
1: Yeah. should be a good one. And I'm looking forward to a big one.
0: Yep. All right. Talk to you next week, everybody. Go Dukes.